Hello and welcome to the podcast. podcast. I'm your host today, Griffin Early. I'm joined by Cole Harvin, Blake Majors. Today we're here to talk about spiritual gifts, how they use modern in church, our personal experience, and our personal views on them. I am open but cautious. Kaylee here is. I'm open but cautious as well. I think I'm the only one here who isn't open but cautious. I'm sensationalist. Uh, well, the biggest thing is to defer from the views. There are four different views, Pentecostal, uh, open but cautious, continuist, and cessationist. Continu- continu- big word. Um, basically means that you believe that all gifts from the Pentecostal Luke era are still here today and that they should be used. Uh, Pentecostal, if you are part of the Pentecostal denomination, then you would completely understand all gifts are used, and nearly everyone in the Pentecostal church has some sort of spiritual gift or has at least seen it been used. Oh, cautious means that typically people don't believe that the gifts should be used in church very often. So speaking in tongues because no one can interpret, no one can understand, no one understands the message that it's bringing. And therefore, it's kind of wasting somebody's breath. Yeah, it it really is. It's 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 as if like they believe that everyone else can hear them, and that doesn't add up. And then we have sensationists. With Blake, would you please give us some information about? Right. So, like as a sensationist, I believe that miracles performed by the individual uh, just stopped happening uh, around the apostolic uh, era, like the end of it. Uh, so. Nowadays, there are miracles still happening, but it's direct divine intervention rather than uh, through somebody else. You think that's funny, Griffin? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Griffin, why are you laughing, man? Let's see what you think about it. Yeah, yeah like, okay. you, got no, a, you got a problem with sensationalists? You, I swear. Um, well, personally, I am open and cautious, and that's because I've not really seen anyone speaking tongues. I haven't really seen anyone do major healing. For stories, I know people have had personal experiences <laughs> with it. I know several people have had personal experiences with it. But the most that I've really seen is I've seen people be prayed for healing and that's about it. That happens quite often in Baptist community, Baptist church. It's mainly what you see. Well, you know, you can pray all you want, but you're praying to God. You're not praying to the person. You're praying to God. And it's not necessarily that he did the miracle or that he even did a miracle in the first place through a person necessarily for your healing. You're absolutely right. So, so, so you're telling me, you're telling me if I sat there, say I'm growing up 30 years from now, I have kids. Well, my kid's in the hospital and he's got cancer, not looking good. He's about a week away from death. You're telling me if I sit there and I pray. And I pray and pray and pray, and God hears me cry. You're saying that he doesn't give the doctors potential to heal me? No, no, no. He, get, he gives the doctors the potential. And I definitely do think that it is a miracle by some standards. That's what I'm saying. Miracles still happen. But I'm not saying that it was performed through spiritual people. Like, the doctor could have very well been atheist and just performing his best, but the strings tied to said doctor were pulled by God himself. A great example is that the doctor has all the knowledge he has. He has what he has. He has a 
resources he has, he has the information he needs to hopefully be able to save a child. Let's say, for example, Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hi. Is this very young, she's a very young woman, and she ends up with cancer. She's a week away from death. Did you know I'm actually going to die from cancer? It runs in my family. Okay, goodness, that's that's so depressing. I'm sorry. I was just letting you know that. Fun facts, yeah. um, For example, Kaylee might have cancer. She's a week away from death. An example of God saving her is... Uh, let's say she became baptized. She said, "Before I die, I want to be baptized one more time." And she, she cancer, cancer's so bad at stage five, she can't even get in the, in the in the bat. In I the thought bat- there was only four stages. <laughs> she can't even get in the baptism pool, and so they just pour the water over. It's that bad. And I'm using this as an example because this is what happened. Pastor Alan Floyd, he was telling me about this. This happened to him. This 94-year-old woman had stage five cancer. She she had less than a week to live. She's baptized, and the next day she goes for a doctor's appointment. Her, her granddaughter drove her to the doctors, and they did their very last MRI to see if there's any more cancer, and the cancer was completely gone. It was white. Okay, Griffin, how can you go from me and then a 90-year-old <laughs> woman? Because I, I was using you as an example, but the story was told by me from Pastor Alan Foley's Pastor Yeah, Bob. but why didn't you just... All right, putting yeah. aside Griffin's bad storytelling, <laughs> you you mentioned stage five cancer. What, what did she do, beat stage four? Like, <laughs> there's only four stages. No, there's five, there's five stages no, of cancer, there's, isn't there? No. no there's four stage. Oh, there's my God. There's four stages. There's four stages of cancer. We're getting off topic. All right, well, back to... Back to the point, Griffin, you were making. Okay, well, you see, About this when she was woman. baptized, that was God doing the work. Yes. But let's say there's a pastor in your, and it's just you. Let's say you're really sick. You have, you have two daughters at home. You're like in your mid-30s, and you really you want to see them grow up. You want to go to your daughter's wedding. Yeah, you, you want to be the person walking them down the aisle. And the doctors can't do anything for you, but you go to a pastor, and that pastor, he's right there. He's praying for you. And let's say you have something in your body, and you just feel completely different you feel off and for example like let's let's say you start to feel really hot or something like that and hot flashes you get them all the time well let's say you start to feel that way and you could be pastor i don't know what's happening but i feel completely different as he's praying over you that's god giving him the ability at that moment to heal you that that's what that miracle is. Right. If that legitimately happened on a consecu- um, on a consistent basis. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't happen <coughs> on a consistent basis. You're right, there's many there's many cases where it's not consistent. Most of them are that way. But the thing that I believe in gifts is that God gives people gifts at certain points and moments of time. One man can only have it, a gift of healing for three days and the next three days he he can't heal anymore, and everyone's like, blasphemy, this isn't even real. And that creates a lot of controversy in religion, especially Christianity and similar religions. Now, see, the staple of my argument is actually in Scripture itself, because uh, I believe in First or was it Second Corinthians, Paul mentions how uh, tongues will fade away and how uh, healing and prophesying well, will eventually come to fade. But uh, the works of the people will still be there to show God's glory. Now, I took that as the Bible confirming sensationalism. But, you know, that's just my interpretation. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't seem to remember the sighting. But in New King James Version, that's the one I mean you looked at yesterday when we were talking. Yes. Um, it said that they will vanish when perfect <laughs> has come. When the 
when the perfect is come. And perfect, I believe that it means God. It means perfect earth. When earth is reborn, earth is remade. And that's not going to happen for a long time. And that's what I think it's meant by that. Right, but if that was true, then why is it that only the early epistles have these sorts of miracles performed by people? Like, the rest of them are simply letters from prophets. Like, uh... The second half of Paul's letters, James, Peter, John, they're all written with, like, absolutely no miraculous events happening. Whereas the first half of Paul's, like, this is in uh, chronological order, not, uh, like, canonical order uh, of the Bible, how it's arranged today. But uh, in the first half of Paul's letters, there is some form of spiritual or uh, miraculous healing, prophesying, or uh, like instances of tongues, something along those lines, even, even as early as Acts. But once you get into the later uh, letters that he wrote to the churches, you don't really see them nearly as often. And I think that's where it ended. I think the reason we don't see him is because he stopped talking about them as much. From Paul's yeah. letters... And in the first letter, first letter didn't always work out as we've seen. Like Corinthians, they first and second letter both sexually immoral. They couldn't get the stuff figured out. But I believe in the second half of Paul's letters, he had sent so many letters to so many other nations. He had he was on his third mission trip at least. Uh, and while he's writing these letters, he's I believe in the first bit. I know in first first half of Paul's letter, letters, most of it he's in Rome in prison uh, for preaching the gospel. But the biggest part is. He's talked about this so much that it's only like probably a 30-year span. And the Mediterranean, Paul's been every, pretty much everywhere in there. He sent letters to everywhere. He's preached everywhere. He sent his disciples to preach everywhere. And I believe that with that, people are starting to get a grasp of spiritual gifts in that time. And not all churches have stuff like speaking in tongues. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to comment on that because... I've, I've experienced people, like, I haven't experienced them myself, but I've heard about people close with me, like, in a Bible class, oh, I've heard people speaking in tongues and all. So, I feel like anybody could do it. It's, for me, I feel like it's where you are with your talk in the Lord. And I'm not necessarily saying, like, with your walk in the Lord, there's goals and stuff you have to face. I just feel like people who like evangelists and pastors and all that's been doing this a whole lot longer, they're going to get to a point and they've studied this a whole lot more than uh, your normal everyday Christian would. And I feel like some of them would have the power to speak in tongues and uh, and heal even as long as they're talking with the Lord and staying with the Lord. Like how Peter had... Peter had the power to walk on water, but he was focused on the Lord when he was. Yeah, absolutely right. But when he stopped focusing on the Lord, he lost his power to walk on water. Think of it this way. God might deliver a gift. Every time you pray for something, God sends out, for example, a package. God always sends out a package, but he never tells you when it's going to get there. And for you to receive it, you got to stay on Faith Street. Mm-hmm. Faith Street, that's, that's your walkway. you got to stay there. God needs you to be there. He doesn't want you to have one foot here and one foot in the grave. And the Bible says that one foot in the grave, that's the end. Yeah. He wants you to be fully on Faith Street. And if you're not on Faith Street, then you're not going to receive that gift. And most people leave right before 
they the give, that gift. Yeah. Arkansas is worth it. And this is a really good transition to go from talking about these to personal experience. Now, Cole, you said that you've had personal experiences. It's not. I've had a personal experience of knowing people doing this, whether it's been my sister talking about how she was in class with somebody and they started speaking in tongues or one of my buddies when I was going through things at a different church of how he spoke in tongues daily. I, and I'm not recalling any right now of any healing, but I do know of people praying together as a church and healing, have, praying for healing over somebody in cases it does work. Well, you see, if if that was really the case, like, I think we're all fully aware that my viewpoint says that it's probably a fake or their bodies uh, telling them something that isn't actually there. The, the fooling of the human mind uh, causes the body to lead with it, right? So, uh, with these people, don't you think... God would send his miracles to, like, very evenly distribute them amongst, like, uh, even the people who don't sit there and study the Bible 24-7. Is not every Christian equally Christian so long as they are Christian? That's, that's, not what, that's not what it is, though. You can be—God loves us equally, and you can be an equal quish, cr- Christian. 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 Hey, all right, man. But it's your knowledge about something. Like all of us here, we all go to College Hill, but some of us have more knowledge about College Hill. Doesn't mean we're not all students. We're all still students, just some of us know more than others. Right, and knowing more about the school makes us more worthy to do something for the school. It doesn't make us more worthy, worthy, but it makes us more mature to do something and understand what the school is doing. Right. Think of it think of it this way. You do you remember CC York? Uh no. Uh well we had this girl for years ago her name was CC. She's traveling abroad now. Let's for example, she was only here one year. She's probably the best student. One of the, one of, if not the best student. Oh, CC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh young black woman, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She was super nice. She was incredibly smart, incredibly talented, good athlete. She was on settling everything. That even though she was here only a year, for example, she they probably wouldn't have chosen me or Kaylee, for example, mm-hmm. over Cece to represent something because Cece was an amazing student. And a lot of the families, they knew that. For, for example, one man might be a part of the church for a year. This, this is a really good example. You've We've all heard the, um, the story of the 40-year-old man that he went to church every Sunday, but... He still wasn't right with God. And there was a 17-year-old man. He, he went to church only for a year now. But he was right with God. And he loved God. And every day he was learning something new. In spiritual age, that 17-year-old is older than that 40-year-old man. Because he's not acting in Christ. He's not truly with Christ. He's not embracing it. That 17-year-old, he's learning something new every day. And he's loving it. He's truly embraced by God. At the same point, I want to point out as also in a sports perspective of me being a sportsy guy and all, it's just like with a team. You can have a team and each person on the team, like for soccer or football, 
each person on the team is valuable, mm-hmm. equally the same. You know, if you don't have a quarterback or you don't have, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't pass the ball. If you don't have a center, you can't get the ball to the quarterback. If you don't have a runner back, who's going to run the ball? You know, things like that. But it comes down to who do you want to be the team captain? Because yeah, who do you want representing? The who team? do you want? Well, here's the thing: we are all Christian. That's what a Christian is. It's a representative of Christ. That's our goal. That's our mission. Each and every single one of us, and it's not a, a thing of status or capability or just you know simply uh, intuition. Because that's what these gifts are, the ability and intuition to put forth and uh, prophesy about him. It's not necessarily applicable to a human example because in human examples, we have chains of command, whereas in God's church, that's a human chain of command. That's where I feel like it is because even though we're Cottage Hill Christian Academy, the whole football team represents Cottage Hill. The whole soccer team represents College Hill. Everybody at the school represents College Hill, but who do you want to be the chaplain of the school or the captain of the team? Who do you want on your team? website photo? Right, no, right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Going with your football example, would you like say for instance you had this like training facility? You know, I'm not exactly a big sports guy, so I'm not exactly sure how it really works. But say you can only train these many people. Well, say you can train them for this amount of time. Would you rather have the entire team trained and ready or train this one guy for a probably better results? Well, I, see, I, see, I see where you're coming from, but you're thinking about it as everybody's doing all the work they're supposed to be. Okay, well, yeah, as a team, we're going we're gonna, to uh, – we're going to give you – we're going to take the team, put them in the weight room, and we're going to give them this set and this workout to do. All right? Well, after that, after that's done, who's the one that's going to stay? Who's the one that's going to stay in the weight room when everybody else leaves? Well, I think we're thinking about too focused on one person. A captain isn't the best person on the team. The captain is – The person who puts more work into the team. For example, yeah, in a way, yes. For example – I wasn't captain yesterday the JV game, but we got scored on and defense put their heads down. And I just got I said, "Come here, just listen." And I said, "Don't put your heads down. You just made one mistake. That mistake's easy to fix, and I've seen you guys fix it a million times before. And I know you're better than that. All we gotta do is fix it, focus on each other, focus on getting better. And for the rest of the game, they put their heads back up. They were alert again. They weren't down in the dumps again. The captain is the person." People are going to try and come to. People are going to ask for advice. Like, I, I'm not definitely not the best soccer player, and Thomas Lucas is our captain. And every time I feel like I messed up, I asked him, hey, I don't know if you saw this, but what's something I could have done better here? Or, for example, we all have Mr. Morris. My English paper, in some, time, some ways I'm a good writer, but in other ways I struggle, like with my introduction or conclusion. I'm going to go ask him. Right in, if, if it was a church, and Mr. Morgan's my pastor, I would go to Mr. Morgan, I would say, how can I do this? How can I really, if it was evangelistic reasons, how can I get this person to come to church? What should I do to try and help persuade them? And so the pastor isn't one person that we're focusing on teaching. He's that one focus person that we're focused on. I want. Let's go to him and see what he can teach us.
That's what a gaffer is. I mean, yes. I, I suppose, yeah, but, like, still, I think it would make more sense for God to spread his gifts around, even to those lower in the church, because, again, the inconsistency of said gifts, and we were kind of running out of time, so I'll end with this, and you can have a closing statement if you'd like, but uh, the inconsistency of gifts, it's not, it, I don't know if it's, like, a matter of responsibility or, like, personality or any of that i think it's a, a matter of they just simply don't do miracles through people anymore he simply performs them himself but through prayer like with fellow christians i think that's how they're connected and i feel like uh people are trying to like get really wrapped up in it uh which honestly support for them but uh you know they're just really wrapped up in it and they you know get a little too excited you know if you hear a whole bunch about you know this one prayer that makes you faint and you know uh you're just really into the worship your head's gonna be like okay it's time to faint and your body's gonna faint that's just that's just how the human body works it, it's it's not a matter of who's more likely to get this gift and who is credible enough to get this gift it's a matter of it's a matter of who's the one who's able to accept this gift for like who they are well an example of because we're open cautious stationists and what you're getting at is continuationist and the view the pentecostal denomination has I think that we look at it a little too diverse, as in that cessationist and Obakash are completely different views, because they have a lot in common. I personally believe that speaking tongues, I don't know, never heard it, I've never seen it, maybe I will one day. But like seeing someone faint, I don't actually believe in that. But the healing aspect of it, I feel in some ways cessationist and Obakash are intertwined there, because I believe that. God is using someone to transmute his power, his energy, his healing ability into another person. And at that moment, that person has that gift of healing. And that's where I think they intertwine and they're together. I want to comment on something that you said. You said that you feel like all people should be equal to... You feel like God should give everybody the power to speaking songs, right? Uh, not necessarily. I said they should all have the ability to earn That's right. speaking in tongues. Where I come in, I feel like they do. I mean, everybody, just like with a job, you got everybody's got the potential to be, to get this promotion. But who's going to put in the work to get it? Well, if everybody in the job puts in the work to get the promotion, then who do you give it to? Well, well, again, that was just a perspective. There's not a limit on. It's this is like a, a non-limital promotion. Everybody can get this promotion. Everybody can get this promotion, but you're not going to get the promotion if you don't put in the work. Well, for example, every, he's right. Everyone could put in the work, but. What's most important is it's not just who puts in the work. Let's say two people put in the same amount of work, but one, let's say it's retail 
someone's gonna go sell houses. That's the promotion. The promotion is you're gonna sell houses. Um, example, he's gonna choose the person that has the most social skills. Uh, whoever's the boss is gonna choose the person who has more charismatic voice, charismatic gestures. But let's say there's another promotion, and this promotion is for, uh, let's say, accounting. He's going to choose the, the other person who might be really good at math. They may, maybe you have an accounting degree, but they want to get into retail because they thought they had an opportunity there. He's going to choose the, person, the other person for accounting because, well, they're best at money. They're better than the other person. But that, that's another opportunity for them. And in the church, let's say the pastor is going to be someone who, who he has a lot of different stories to tell. He's had a lot of different experiences. He's more charismatic. Yeah, he can talk to people. He can... But let's but say a dean, like in a church, someone goes to the pastor and says, Pastor, I'm, I'm struggling with grief. For example, I, I lost both my parents. And my grandmother, she, she's on medicine for it. She has antidepressants. She is not over my mother's death, my grandfather's death. She's not over any of it. She struggles with it. But she went to Pastor Allen, and he sent her to a dean. And this dean had a very personal story that really connected with ours, and that helped a lot. So they're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna put people in certain places that are best for the church. Is that not the point of gifts, though? Like when you accept a gift, that's what it gives you, not necessarily the promotion, like the position to do so, but the ability to do so. And position and ability are two very wildly different things in this aspect, because uh, position. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, well, we'll close out with this. <laughs> We may have looked at the two diverse in that there's a lot of things in common, but there's also a lot of things that are different. We'll yeah. close out with that statement. Thank you for joining us today. I'm yeah, early. Oh, yeah, have sure. a good day. All right.